the living, powerful Word of God, I'm going to ask you and invite you to open with me this morning to Mark chapter 1, the Gospel of Mark chapter 1. And welcome to week four of a series that has us walking through the miracles of Jesus, a series that we creatively called Miracles. And we are just walking through just each miracle of Christ over the next uh, several weeks. And just for full disclosure, I normally plan out my sermon calendar at least three to four months out. But I, I don't always think about kind of the, the day, like I don't always think about Mother's Day when I'm filling in the dates or filling in the, the sermons. So this past Monday, I sat down and I looked at my, um, my little calendar for preaching and I saw that the series of miracles and the message I was supposed to preach today was power over demons. And my immediate thought was, well, as parents, we've all had those days where an exorcism was in order. So maybe, just maybe, and then I said, no, nah, I think I thought better of it and uh, quickly went away from that. So I switched um, this week's and, and next week. So today we are going to look at Jesus's healing of a leper. And here's what I know. It, if mothers can relate to anything, they can absolutely relate to touching dirty things and always being worried about cleaning. Um, so I thought about that. So touching dirty things, worrying about things being clean. And yet today we're going to go a little deeper um, than that during our time together. I want us to begin this morning just with remembering that the portrait of Christ that we get in the Gospels is a stunning portrait. Jesus described by his own enemies, or those that could not stand him. He was described as a friend of sinners. He was uninhibited in the presence of lepers. He was unafraid to confront demons. He was unembarrassed when prostitutes approached him. He was unimpressed by religious leaders. And just think about for us. He is unoffended by our weaknesses. He's undeterred by our sin. And he is unashamed to call us his own. Praise God for that. Praise God for the Savior that we have. And one of the great testaments of the gospel is how frequently they record Jesus' interacting with lepers. He approached them and was approached by them. He treated them with respect and kindness. When other rabbis and, and other um, priests of the day would throw stones at lepers to keep them away, Jesus even did the unthinkable. He touched them. And his touch made them clean. But let's not get to the end too fast this morning. Pastor Tim Keller puts it this way. Contracting leprosy was one of the most tragic things that could have happened to an individual in the ancient world. Whenever a leper was around other people, he was required to shout, Unclean! Unclean! So that the passerby would know to keep their distance. A leper was required to live alone outside the camp so as to reduce the risk of transmitting the, the disease to others. To be a leper was to be isolated and humiliated perpetually. To be a leper was to be isolated and humiliated perpetually. And I, I know we don't read about or hear a lot about leprosy today in our context, but let me just say this. There are many people in our world that live isolated and humiliated lives. That live lives filled with isolation, live lives filled with Humiliation. So what I want us to do this morning is I want us to turn to the word and see what it looks like when someone who is under a curse and who is alone is completely restored by the power of Christ. 
And that is going to be our focus today, what it looks like when someone who is under a curse, someone who is isolated, all alone, humiliated, is completely restored by the power of Christ. So if you are able, I'm going to ask you to stand as we honor God's word. We're going to read Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45 together. And when you get there, let me hear you say. Amen. And it says this, beginning at verse 40. And a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places. And people were coming to him from every quarter. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this day. And Lord, we know, God, that there are people all around us and maybe even people among us today who feel like they're under a curse, who feel humiliated, who feel isolated, who feel all alone. Or we can remember times in our lives where we have felt that way. And Jesus, we thank you what... Today's scripture teaches us and shows us about your compassion, about your love, about your care. Oh, I pray that you would just, by your word, through your spirit, minister to lives all across this room today. Just show us something maybe we've never seen or something we haven't thought of or seen in a long time. Just show us today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. In his book, Just Like Jesus, Max Lucado writes from the, the leper's point of view. And I'm going to read two little um, snippets uh, from this book today. And it's going to be a little reading time. But the reason I'm doing this is I want us to, just for a second, put ourselves in this leper situation. Now, um, Lucado, he definitely takes some creative liberties here. And I, I will say that. But just put yourself in the life of this person. It says this, one year during harvest, my grip on the pruning hook seemed weak. The tips of my fingers numbed. First one finger, then another. Within a short time, I could grip the tool but scarcely feel it. By the end of the season, I felt nothing at all. The hand grasping the handle might as well have belonged to someone else. The feeling was gone. I said nothing to my wife, but I know she suspected something. How could she not? I carried my hand against my body like a wounded bird. One afternoon, I plunged my hands into a basin of water, intending to wash my face. The water reddened. My finger was bleeding freely. I didn't even know I was wounded. I don't even know how I cut myself. It's on your clothing, my wife said softly. Before looking at her, I looked down at the crimson spot on my robe. For the longest time, I stood over the basin, staring at my hand. Somehow, I knew my life was being forever altered. Shall I go with you to tell the priest, she asked. No, I sighed. I'll go alone. I turned and looked into her eyes. Standing next to her was our three-year-old daughter. Squatting, I gazed into her face, saying nothing. What could I say? I stood and looked again at my wife. She touched my shoulder, and with my good hand, I touched hers. It would be our final touch. 
Five years have passed and no one has touched me since. The priest didn't touch me. He looked at my hand. He looked at my face. I've never faulted him for what he said. He was only doing what he was instructed. He covered his mouth, extended his palm forward. You are unclean, he told me. With one pronouncement, I lost my family, my farm, my future, my friends. My wife met me at the city gate with extra clothes, bread, and coins, but she wouldn't speak to me. By now, friends had gathered. What I saw in their eyes was a precursor to what I've seen in every eye since. Fearful pity. As I stepped out, my friends stepped back. Their horror of my disease was greater than their concern for my heart. So they and everyone else I've ever been near since stepped back. Oh, how I repulsed those who saw me. Five years of leprosy have left my hands gnarled. Tips of my fingers were missing, were portion, as well as portions of an ear in my nose. At the sight of me, fathers grabbed their children. Mothers covered their faces. Children pointed and stared. The rags on my body could not hide my sores, nor could the wrap on my face hide the rage in my eyes. How many nights did I shake my crippled fist at the silent sky? What did I do to deserve this? But never a reply. Some think I sinned. Some think my parents sinned. I don't know. All I know is that I grew so tired of it all, sleeping in the colony, smelling the stench. I grew so tired of the bell I was required to wear around my neck to warn people of my presence, as if I needed it. One glance and the announcement began, unclean, unclean, unclean. So with that hopeless declaration of a leper, let us turn to the word of God and turn again and look at three truths that point to the one who can restore us. So three truths this morning to kind of walk through this story. The first truth is this. There was a man full of leprosy. There was a man full of leprosy. And Luke's gospel, Luke includes that statement. He says, while he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of or filled with leprosy. This isn't just a little small mark. He's filled up with leprosy. In the Bible, leprosy can refer to a number of skin diseases, but at its worst form is what we know today as Hansen's disease. Jews would despise anyone with this disease, and they viewed, they viewed them as being cursed by God because they were um, anyone with leprosy was not allowed to go into the temple. They were not allowed to go into the synagogue. So therefore, you must be cursed by God. Healing from this disease was so rare that raising someone from the dead was considered to be easier. Anyone with a disease was forbidden from living in a normal community and was not to be touched by anyone who did not have the disease. In fact, the the oral tradition of the law commanded that a Jew was not to come any closer than six feet from a leper. leper. And if if the wind was blowing, the limit was 150 You had to stay away from anyone who had leprosy. In fact, lepers could not even have an animal for a companion. If a leper patted the head of a dog, the dog was supposed to be killed so that it did not carry the disease back into the city. This is how dreaded it was. Leprosy made you die many times before it actually killed you. It cut you off from those that you love most in the world. It it forced you to live a life with other unclean people in in a hopeless 
colony outside of town. Leprosy forced you to call out unclean, unclean whenever people approached you. And it caused you to also suffer the humiliation of watching them recoil in horror when they saw you. Leprosy meant no family, it meant no job, no friends, no worship, and worst of all, it meant no hope. If you had leprosy, you had no hope. Many Bible scholars also point out that there is an analogy between the physical condition of leprosy and the spiritual condition of sin. Think about this. Sin in our hearts isolates us, not just from God, but from each other. No matter how hard we try to remove the sin in our lives, the stain remains. We are unclean and we all know it. Sin defiles the whole body. Sin is ugly, it's incurable, it's contaminating. So every leper not only had to live with the stigma of their own disease, they had to live with the stigma of being a walking illustration of sin. This was the life that a leper had to live. And just think about our lives. I'm not letting us off the hook this morning. Pastor Tim Keller put it this way. Cheer up, brothers and sisters. You're much worse than you think you are. Cheer up. You are much worse than you think you are. Much worse than you can even believe. And then he says this. Yet the good news is you are more loved in Christ and more accepted than you can ever see or imagine. You are much worse than you think you are. Yet you are more loved than you could ever imagine. That is what we're going to look at this morning. And just listen to how this leper approaches Jesus. He kneels before Jesus and he says, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. But don't miss this. This leper approached Jesus. Lepers don't approach. That's forbidden. It was unthinkable. It was unadvisable. Yet this leper comes to Jesus and he calls him Lord. He says, Lord, did this leper believe that Jesus was the Son of God? Did he believe that he was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? Did he believe that he was the anointed one? We don't know that, but his body language seems to show and his speech seems to indicate that he did. He was willing to risk the shame, the embarrassment, the disdain to go where he was not supposed to go because he was desperate. And he knew there was one who was able to help him. He had great confidence. He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The leper didn't come up to Jesus and say, I declare myself healed in your name. Or he did not come up and say, I declare that I am free from all harm and affliction in your name. That's not what he did. Instead, he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Think about this. He has faith that Jesus can do it. What he's not sure of is if Jesus is willing to do it. Understand that. He has faith that he can. What he doesn't know is, will he? Will he? Brothers and sisters, God can. God can. But yet we pray, Lord, your will. Your will. So this leper came to the right person. He responded in the right way. He said all the right things. The rest was up to Jesus. And the same truth is true in all of our lives. We can come to the right person, Jesus. We come in the right way. We say the right things, but it is ultimately up to him. And we, we trust what he declares. There was a man full of leprosy. But then secondly, praise God, there was a Savior 
full of grace. There was a Savior full of grace. Look at verses 41 and 42. It says, moved with pity, moved with compassion, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. Notice what Jesus doesn't do. Jesus doesn't just let his hand hover a few safe inches above this leper. No, he touched him. What must the weight of Jesus' hand have felt or must have felt like on the shoulder or wherever he touched that untouchable man? We know that Jesus isn't supposed to touch the man. We know that if you touch someone who is unclean, you become unclean yourself. We also know that Jesus had no reason to touch this man. We, with just a word, Jesus could have said, you're clean, and he would have been clean. But that's not what Jesus does. So why does Jesus touch him? And here's the answer. Jesus touched him because Jesus had compassion for him. He touched him because he had compassion for him. And don't miss this. Jesus has compassion for you today. Wherever you are, he has compassion for you. Jesus' touch upon this leper was a touch of compassion, and it was also a touch of connection. By touching the leper, Jesus is welcoming him back into contact, back into community. And Jesus speaks to this man and says, I'm willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. You know, when Jesus touches this leper, Jesus does not become unclean. Instead, this man becomes clean clean the massive obstacles that separated him from worshiping in the temple are now removed and think about it like this the good news of the gospel is that jesus is a contagiously clean man meaning that when jesus touches the life of faith they are not made unclean they are made clean that's who jesus is he's contagiously clean it's what he does he touches us and he changes us Listen again to the testimony of this leper as told by Max Licato. Several weeks ago, I dared to walk the road to my village. I had no intent of entering. I only wanted to look again upon my fields, gaze upon my home, and see perhaps the face of my wife. I did not see her, but I saw some children playing in a pasture, and they saw me. Before I could retreat, they saw me, and they screamed, and they scattered. That look is what made me to take the step I took today. Of course it was reckless. Of course it was risky. But what did I have to lose? He calls himself God's son. Either he will hear my complaint and kill me or accept my demands and heal me. Those were my thoughts. I came to him as a defiant man, moved not by faith but by a desperate anger. God had wrought this calamity on my body and he would either fix it or he would end it. But then I saw him. And when I saw him, I was changed. Before he spoke, I knew he cared. Somehow I knew he hated this disease as much as, no, even more than I hate it. My rage became trust. My anger became hope. From behind a rock, I watched him descend a hill. Throngs of people followed him. I waited until he was only paces from me. Then I stepped out and said, Lord. He stopped and looked in my direction, as did a dozen others. A flood of fear swept across the crowd. Arms flew in front of faces. Children ducked behind their parents. Unclean, someone shouted at me. 
Again, I don't blame them. I was a huddled mass of death, but I scarcely heard them. I scarcely saw them. Now listen to this. Their panic I had seen a thousand times. His compassion, however, I'd never seen. Everyone stepped back except him. He stepped forward. He stepped forward. I did not move. I just spoke, Lord, you can heal me if you will. Had he healed me with a word, I would have been thrilled. Had he cured me with a prayer, I would have rejoiced. But he wasn't satisfied with speaking to me. He drew near. He touched me. Five years ago, my wife had touched me. No one had touched me since until today. I will. His words were as tender as his touch. Be healed. Energy flooded my body. In an instant, in a moment, I felt warmth where there had been numbness. I felt strength where there had been atrophy. My back straightened and my head lifted. Where I had been eye level with his belt, I now stood eye level with his face. His smiling, gracious, beautiful face. And don't miss this, brothers and sisters, no matter what damage, no matter what damage leprosy had done to this man who was full of leprosy with just a word, be clean. Jesus not only took the, the uncleanness away, Jesus restored all that that disease had done to that man. I believe that. I believe if that man was missing fingers when Jesus said, be clean, it wasn't that he had to all of a sudden go through life being clean yet I'm missing all these things. No, I believe in that moment, fingers appeared. In that moment, an ear appeared. In that moment, eyebrows appeared. Whatever was missing by a word from Christ, it was healed. It was cleansed. It was restored in that moment. Jesus touched this leper in order to show that no amount of uncleanness can alter Jesus' purity or limit his power. Think about this. Why did Jesus touch him? Jesus touched the leper in order to show him that his love was different than all other loves. Jesus touched him in order to show him that his love was different. His wife said, I love you, but I'm not touching you. And Jesus said, I love you, and I'll touch you, and I will make you clean. And how does this show grace? On the screen, I have written Romans 5.20. If leprosy is a sign of sin, understand this. Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded, or grace increased all the more. And that's exactly what happened here. This man's sin, this man's leprosy was on full display, and yet what did Jesus do? His grace covered it all. This is true in our lives. His grace covers it all. There was a Savior filled with grace. Full of grace. And then lastly, so we have a savior, or excuse me, a man full of leprosy, a savior full of grace. And lastly, there was a place filled by Christ. There was a place filled by Christ. And don't miss this. Look at verse 43 with me. It says this. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. And I wish we had time to unpack that on those few verses, but we, we don't. Maybe we'll hit that at another time. So let's just keep reading. Verse 45, but he went out and began to talk freely, meaning he did not do what Jesus told him to do. Jesus said, don't talk about it. He told everybody about it. And then and 
to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places. Let me say it again. Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was now out in desolate places. Doesn't that sound like a life of someone afflicted by leprosy? In an unusual twist, Jesus' compassion and his cleansing of this leper resulted in him and the leper switching places. The leper was now allowed to go to his family, was now allowed to go to the temple. The leper was now allowed to go home. And where was Jesus allowed to go? He had to go out to desolate places. Now, he was not quite cut off, but he was unable to enter the towns. And what we must see is this, that Jesus, in in trading places with this leper, this was a metaphor for what Jesus would do for us on the cross. This is a metaphor for what Jesus would do for us. We, I, I want you to feel very good about yourself today, we are spiritual lepers. We are lepers apart from Christ. We are cut off. We can do nothing to heal ourselves. Yet in meeting Jesus, we are not repulsed by his holiness, but strangely enough, we are drawn to him. And the only way we could ever be taken from our isolation, from our sin, and brought into his presence, the only way that could ever happen is if he left the presence of God and went into isolation. Let me say it again. The only way, brothers and sisters, we in sin can ever be brought out of our isolation is for Jesus to leave the presence of God and to enter into isolation. And that happened on the cross. On the cross, Jesus entered into isolation. He was forsaken. He was treated as an outcast. And because of that, brothers and sisters, we are accepted and we are welcomed into his presence. He was turned away so that we could be welcomed in. Let me say that again. He was turned away so that we could be welcomed in. This king doesn't just rule over us. He came to take our place. He came to offer himself so that we could have reconciliation, so that we could have restoration. Therefore, let me end this way. And this is a beautiful way to end. I don't know every story across this room, but here's what I do know. No one is too dirty and no one is too unworthy to come to this Savior. That is what I know. There is no sin too shameful that we cannot lay at his feet in repentance. If you live your life, if you've lived your life this week or this month trying to please the Lord, there are times where you have failed him and the enemy has tried to convince you that you are unlovable because of it. If you... If you have ever felt unsure about how Jesus will respond to you, please hear this. Jesus welcomes you. Or let me just say this. Jesus loves you even at your worst. Jesus loves me even at my worst. We don't clean ourselves up and get ourselves all clean as if we're going to prom and then come up to Jesus and say, here I am. No, because he sees through that anyway. We come to him just as we are. And he says, I will be clean. This is the beauty of who he is. He will receive us and praise God. He will change us. He will receive us and praise God. He will change us. This morning, let me ask you this question. What is keeping you? What is keeping you from coming to the one, the only one who can cleanse you? 
the only one who will touch you when no one else will touch you. The only one who is able to bring to you what no one else can give to you. Oh, I pray that we would get in a place, regardless if it's salvation, that we would get in a place like a leper that we say, I don't care what people think. I need salvation. Or if we feel like we're cut off, I don't care what people think. I need restoration. I need to be restored to him. May nothing, nothing keep us today from coming to the one who welcomes us to himself. If you can go ahead and stand with me, please. We're going to call the musicians. Brother Frank Forge, we enter into a time of invitation and consecration. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this amazing story that we have seen today. A story of a man full of leprosy. The Bible doesn't let him off the hook. The Bible doesn't hide the extent of, of his ailment. He was filled with leprosy. And if leprosy is a picture of sin, he was filled with sin. He was cut off from his home. He was cut off from his wife. He was cut off from his family. And he was cut off without hope. Which is exactly what your word says in Ephesians 2. It says, remember, remember when you were without hope in this world, but Jesus. Oh God, I pray today for any who is in this room or will, will be in this room today that doesn't know you, that they have let their guilt and their shame keep them from you. Today I pray that you would give them the power by your spirit to approach you, Jesus, exactly as this leper did. Unconcerned what anyone else will think because they know all they need is you. God, may today, even today, be the day of salvation. Lord, I pray for other brothers and sisters across this room that well, maybe right now they need, to, they need restoration in their, in their fellowship with you. They have been convinced by the enemy that you look down upon them because other people do. And today, God, remind them how accepting you are to anyone who brings repentance to your feet. And you love us even at our worst. Praise you, God, for your love for us. Thank you for your love for us. May we respond to that love today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.